to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. Check, check. Andrew Morgans. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you doing, brother? Good. Got a little echo, but I think it's clearing up already. How are we doing now? We're good? Yeah, sound real good. All right. Good, man. So first and foremost, welcome to Infinity X. I want to thank you for being on here today. Appreciate your time, my man. No, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. I'm excited about just getting to connect. Um, the person that connected us has been amazing. So uh, appreciate that. And always looking to get to uh, you know kind of talk about what we're doing and just the state of uh, e-commerce and entrepreneurship on on different channels than my own or, or some of some in the e-commerce industry. So this is a treat for me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So I appreciate it. I'm really excited because uh, I'm in the e-commerce field myself. Um, so I think that I can connect with a lot of things. So I'm looking forward to sharing your experience and knowledge in that field specifically and seeing what I can learn from you within the next uh, 45 minutes to an hour or so. So for those of you who don't know, Andrew Morgan's Amazon e-commerce expert, multiple business owner, real estate investor, podcast host, coach. Um, dude, you do a lot of cool shit. Thanks, man. I've done a lot of things before I got here. Um, it's not all things worth bragging about, but you know, it's something that in hindsight, when you look back, I'm like, man, I was a bartender. I worked at a warehouse. I was a painter. I've worked at an airport. I've been a landscaper in Hawaii, you know, done a little bit of everything, done a little bit of it all. Um, and you just kind of realize it helps you relate, helps you sell, helps you just kind of understand the, the full picture instead of just like doing one thing and sticking with it. So um yeah i just uh kind of just when opportunity comes up i jump at it so um yeah i was a professional musician before this just a lot a lot more poor professional musician before this so i want to get into that because your journey is there's so many different variables to it so just what i looked at you know um i mean just where you started going through you know quebec and then africa if you can um, you know, before we get started into anything, I really want to know, like, you know, where you came from. Give me like the high level background about just so everyone knows, you know, a little bit of the background about all your, where your journey began. Yeah. Entrepreneurship, right? Um, well, I'll try to do it quickly, as quickly as possible. I'm a little long winded at times, but, um, you know, the good stories aren't the shortest ones. So uh, right. I was born in Montreal. Uh, my parents were learning French. And then I spent the next almost the next 16 years up until my 16th birthday. Um in Africa, different parts of Africa, some Russia. Um, my parents were French missionaries, but they taught at uh, Christian schools. So schools that taught English. Um, and it brought me all over the world. My dad was also someone that liked to go where no one else was going, kind of like the harder path or the road less traveled, so to speak. And so um, there's no one in Congo at the time. And um, he sold everything we had and we went to Congo. That was like, uh, you know, 90, 798 at the time. Um, and I just, you know, from my dad, I did realize that I learned um, just how to go into something that you don't know what's waiting on you and go into it and just like figure it out as you go. Like that was something I learned, you know, by proxy, um, much different industries and, you know, a lot of different things we're selling these days. But um, yeah, I think that was like, you know, when I look back, I'm like, okay, I had a dad that showed me how to do that. Um, went from Africa 
that's a whole that'll be a book one day i'm sure because it was just a war-torn place i mean literally like the the president was assassinated while we were there and um you know they were evacuating americans we didn't go so if you've ever seen these movies like hotel rwanda or blood diamond or have you seen any of those by chance like yeah okay so uh very similar to that kind of life, honestly. I just lived in Kinshasa. It was a crazy thing that I'm just processing my 30s. But I'm thinking uh, that I have in my head. It, it's it's it kind of it perceives correctly. It's kind of like that for what you went through. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that's been hard for me to come to terms with in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm just a positive person, and I think I had to be positive to get through some of those times. Like, just I've just seen crazy things. Even uh, our time in Russia was like. At a, at a very low point in Russia's economy. And so there was just like, you know, um, homeless everywhere, people dying right there in the streets. And those were things that like as a kid, I think just made me a little bit more serious. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you just realize what was going on. Stuff like that, right? What's that? You grow up a little bit quicker when you see stuff like that, right? You're yeah. Quickly in your life. Yep. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, just like since we're storytelling, like in Congo, I also had a lot more time than kids that are 15 or 16 back home. You think about the time it was late nineties. I was like hacking the satellite to get faster internet speed. I was like on the back end of porn sites is how you like, like uh, grab like software back then and like file sharing and stuff like that. So I had a missionary dad, but I'm like convinced him to turn off images uh, so that I could get on these sites and like, you know, get these softwares and stuff. Um, I was doing crazy stuff that like you wouldn't do in the U S you'd be at school or you'd be doing, you know, um, but I came back and like computer streaming, that wasn't a career e-commerce really working remote. Wasn't a thing. Um, so computers were a game, you know, it wasn't something that was like a career for a kid at the time versus now you can be 16 and be a TikTok star and killing it, you know, um, ultimate amount of money, just posting videos every day. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I was into that stuff really, really young. I just like, didn't really know how to apply it to anything. Um, and I, you know, well, fast forward, didn't adapt well in, in Kansas city, came back to Kansas city, just didn't do well here. I mean, if you can just imagine, uh, as white as it gets Caucasian kid, uh, that really feels like an immigrant and African on the inside. And, uh, but, what's that? How old are you at this time? Uh, I was 16. 16. So can, okay. Uh, one of the in, in Kansas City, where I lived in the suburb, was like top ten places to raise a family, like super safe, white suburban, you know, school. Um, I didn't even know about racism. Uh, just had an experience that I experienced different things, but not that. Like there's more serious matters in regards to just like life and death and and uh, complex stuff, you know. Um, right. And so I'm just like thrown into this environment. My dad was sick, which is why we left Congo at the time. And mind you, like we left with like guns in your face, like uh, not letting, you know, just like really intense, like pull the plane down, grab some people off of it, back up in the air. Like, so some crazy stuff. And I know it took a minute to share that, but it's like, these are some of the things that I think set me up to be an entrepreneur yeah. um, and to be able to handle some of the stress that's like, in the, in an environment that's moving really fast, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Those, those struggles that you go through, they kind of shape who you are. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of that you were going through at the time, you didn't realize how much it actually affect you and would help you at the same time to like, who you yeah. are because, you know, when you go through these hardships in business, it's like, yeah, but I've gone through, I've gone through this. You know what I mean? If I can go through that, then 
I could do anything in a sense. Right. Right. So- like we talk about gratitude, right? Like gratitude for me starts at base level, like probably even before a lot of other people's gratitude, if I can be honest, like it starts with like, where can I get water in this building? Like, you know, there's six different places in my house, 12 that I can just like, I could technically drink water, you know? And that's just, um, whenever stuff gets hard, I always lean back on kind of that upbringing, that perspective, just realize how blessed I am. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. And good for you. So I want to continue on that story. So you're 16, you come here, you're in Kansas city, right. And, and you kind of, you're, you're kind of lost in a sense, I I guess, right. You're trying to figure your path. And so somewhere along that journey, um, you know, I guess from a to B you get to e-commerce where you kind of find your place. I feel like, right. Yeah. So so, no, thanks for moving us along. And and I think that just like, uh, it's just relevant to me. Um, you know, moving through the, some of this stuff and kind of repurposing, like you can repurpose uh, stuff in your life for strengths, you know? So thinking about just growing up in a different environment made it very easy for me to be uncomfortable in, in different environments, including right. e-commerce, being a disruptor, right? In business, like for a lot of companies and business models, e-commerce, as much as it's been success, the young entrepreneurs are making more millionaires than ever before. It's been a very, a, a big disruptor in traditional retail and things like that, right? right? So for me to go into an idea or an industry that not a lot of people believe in or are pushing um, wasn't that different than what I was used to, you know? Uh, and so I just leaned into that. I um, did just like through the years, went to school for computer science, was a band guy, worked all these different jobs, trying to figure out, you know, free, that freedom thing. Um, got a degree uh, networking and security, worked one year at, at MasterCard. And then um, hated it. I was making more money I ever had. I hated it. And um, I started just looking for different jobs. And and around IT, I found a startup. um, This is probably 11 years ago. That was uh, um, automobile parts or automotive parts. Sorry. Um, Automotive parts, aftermarket, OEM, whatever. We had it all. And, And I was in charge of, I was employee number three, in charge of going and finding all this stuff uh, manufacturers, contacting them, getting their parts lists, um, you know, writing SEO for the first time for, for brands that didn't exist. They had no digital representation. You used to call up a car shop and say, I need this part for this year, this car. And they would just like, send, you know, get the part for you. It wasn't uh-huh. like any searching to find it, you know? And so it just changed a lot in the last 10 years. And, uh, so imagine putting that up, making it available for people for the first time in a, in an easy to find way and, um, sales were crushing it. So I realized like, I took this like artistic ability. I always had as a musician growing up in Africa around music. It's just always been a big part of me. Um, I, I tried with the band thing, but it meant being poor and I hated that. Couldn't take care of anyone. Uh, but then I had this tech background. I've always been good at tech and here I find e-commerce that's like, oh, I can figure out how to combo up a trailer hitch, the trailer lights, the ball mount, uh, into a combo pack, throw it in a great, do Photoshop, throw it in a great package, make people know what they're getting, trust what they're getting. It's the, you know, Toyota Sienna van, most popular van. This is the package I'm going to sell. I put it together and we're selling them that day, you know? And it's like, I was able to be creative with ways to like, save in pricing or get a lower price or, um, and I loved it. I was hooked, addicted. Um, that's when I fell in love with e-commerce. That's a love story. 
So this company kind of takes you in to, to be their e-commerce, uh, let's call it manager in a sense. And did you have any previous experience to that in the e-commerce field? You kind of just went on a limb and took the job and you figured it all out. And it's, you're pretty much wearing all hats. It sounds like you did the copy, you did the Photoshop, you, you know, you fat, you made the deals, the sales, the everything, you kind of manage the entire thing. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. And that was it. It was, it was basically like a startup. You get to do a lot of things. There wasn't, um, there wasn't e-commerce managers really at that time. Um, you know, basically I had a good reputation working at MasterCard and I had a degree and I interviewed well and they're like, can you figure this out? I'm like, it's Excel sheets. That sounds easy, you know? Uh, and then, then you have to sell the manufacturers and all that different things. And, and uh, so that job, we did a million. Then I took an e-commerce manager job at a medium-sized retailer, did 1.5 million, got a 20 cent raise. And I like e-commerce is one of these areas where you can be the only person touching something and it like grow and sell a lot of stuff. There's not a lot of other industries where you get to be a data analyst or do this or that. And you single handedly are responsible for the sales. But in e-commerce in the early days with drop shipping, with with FBA, with these types of things, you could have one person directly responsible for a lot of income for a business. And um, right. I saw that I was excited, got 20 cent raise. They weren't investing in me in regards to conferences and training. And honestly, I was just, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur even then. I just was very passionate about e-commerce and I had found something that like had my attention. Like I'm a little ADHD, you know, like, uh, but e-commerce continues to change every single day. It, so it continues to challenge me. Um, and it's an industry that's moving faster than, than ever. Uh, yeah. So it's been, it's just kept my attention for 11 years. Uh, long story short, Marknology is like a full service agency, vertically integrated, building my own brands. Um, we work with big manufacturers and brands that are trying to navigate Amazon and do it. Um, you know, we're, we're essentially like a fractional team for them. So they bring us in house and we just kind of help them like, let's get your listings right. Let's get your brand protected. Let's get the copyright. Let's make sure your advertising is on point. It's intentional with the keywords we're trying to rank for. And what's our follow up? Do we have inserts? How's our supply chain? You know, we're essentially business consultants for them, um, but with a focus on on branding and storytelling um, right. on Amazon. I know that's a mouthful, but I'm trying to get kind of kind of trying to wrap that story out. to like, how would you get to where you're doing right. what you're doing? Um, kind of just that fell was, into it. That was completely insightful. And so so you started with, you know, with the aftermarket um car parts company. So, so if you can, a lot of listeners on here, I'm sure they don't know, and I don't have that much of, you know, like I said, I own e-commerce business myself, but even in the field of Amazon, tell us the difference between, you know, being in a seller and Amazon expert, as opposed to me just starting a store and selling my own products online. Okay. So, yeah. So one is, you know, the Amazon marketplace that's grown to just be, it's set the it's set the pace for e-commerce. It's the first to do two day shipping. It's, it built trust in e-commerce as a whole. Change the game right now. All it is is an application of the principles that are applied in a DC model, which is like selling on your own website or selling directly to customers. So, for people that don't know, we call it DC. Um, that is a skill set all in its own. Now, a lot of the same principles apply to both, it's just how are they executed differently on those platforms? You know, on a website you are responsible for getting the traffic there and the customers to find you in the middle of the field. And like, and then once they get there, get them to convert. And then once they're, you know, once they convert, continue to come, get them to come back and buy and nurture them and all those things that people don't think about for a healthy website or a healthy D2C business. 
um, on the Amazon side, Amazon has all these people in this field already, so to speak, you know, and your stores, you're trying to, you're putting your store out there and you're trying to make it look great. Um, and then all those same things, once you get the customer, how do you keep them? How do you continue to nurture them? Once they get in there, how do you help them sell? But on a website as a brand, you stand on your own branding, you stand on your own, um, you know, authenticity as a company, you stand on your own trust. And as Amazon, Amazon is just widely trusted as a brand. And so when you're on that platform, sure, people might be coming into contact with you for the first time, but based on reviews, based on your presentation, your localization of the US market, um, people respond, they either buy or they don't, right? And then there's just, uh, there's people also have that confidence of I'm gonna buy here, I'm gonna get it shipped out in two days. Not only that, if it's broken or it doesn't show up, I'm gonna get my money back. Well, it's an easy decision at that point to say yes. And so, you know, um, if you're just starting out, Amazon's complicated, websites are complicated. That's my answer. They're both hard, um, you know, and you just have to go in with a willingness to learn. Right. And so does the average, so can, can you do both in a sense? So can I have my own storefront and can I also sell my products on Amazon? And if so, is that a good idea for the average storefront person who has, you know, inventory in a warehouse? Can they do that? Can they, can they still operate their store online as well as Amazon? Absolutely. Like what I know is there's not one size fits all and every company brand position is different and looks different and there's a lot of similarities in the methodology about which you go through things but you know in some cases i'm working with manufacturers that are like selling direct now to the consumers um, and they're learning that for the first time they've been in business 100 years and they've just always sold wholesale or retail and you know the best model is is all of the models like where's your customer at let's be there uh, let's do what's best for the customer and think about serving them the whole time. Like literally think about serving them and you'll win. So if they want to buy on homedepot.com, let's be on homedepot.com. If they want to buy straight from Instagram, let's be on Instagram. I do believe that. And now you can't do all of it. You can't do everything. I mean, but if we're talking in a perfect world, you would be. And, um, a lot of people should start with one. I do believe like, you know, even if it's like a landing page type website, it's very simple and basic. And then like your checkouts on Amazon, that's a great model to start with. Um, a lot of brands and companies are looking to Amazon to choose what to keep in their grocery stores or to choose what to keep in Nordstrom or Macy's or any of those things. So starting on Amazon is never a bad thing. Um, if you can do well there, you can do you can do well on almost any other channel. So holistic e-commerce is really the goal. Even though I'm Amazon centric, um, I'm a huge fan of of all of it working together. Yeah. Okay. Very good. That makes a lot of sense. So, I guess from from piggybacking off that a little bit in the e-commerce field, um, what's the best thing that you know a business owner can do to really market their business? Um, you know through those fields, you know, maybe it's a little bit different from Amazon to just the Shopify store itself or, but like in an industry that's completely changing day by day, you know, some days I hear my buddy say that Facebook ads are converting him a ton. And then my other buddy says, you know, they changed their algorithms and now I can't sell anything through it. Um, my one buddy says he's, he set up a Google ads account and now he's selling 10 times the amount that he was. So can you give us a little bit of insight in terms of what you feel like is best you know, obviously it's different in per business, but, um, just from, you know, your experience and what you see that works. Well, it's a great question. Um, and if I have any regrets in business or something that was a hard lesson for me to learn um, was 
I didn't know anything about business. I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I did, but I didn't. Right. And so because of that, I was super, um, I could be impacted easily. And so I'm taking in all these podcasts. I'm doing the right things. I'm reading books, taking in podcasting, asking mentors, asking friends. And, um, I was getting advice, but I was taking the advice almost too literal and like trying to apply it, Google ads or Facebook ads or whatever. And what they're saying is essentially like, to me, advertising works is what you should hear out of that. And then you have to apply that through your filter of what can work for you or your brand. And instead, I would just try to try all these things I'm being told, even if I get specific instructions and they just didn't work. It didn't work for me. Um, So with that, like, you know, I think. I spend a lot more time on my emotional intelligence and a lot more time on my relationships in business. Um, because if I have the right relationships, I don't personally have to be a Facebook expert, right? Or a TikTok expert or any of those things. I know the person that I trust them. I trust what they're saying. It's not just the person telling me they're doing 10 million in sales and I have to believe that they're going to show me they're going to do it. I'm going to pay them what they're worth to do it. I'm going to get the results or I have the time to give and I'm going to go learn that thing myself. So figure out who you are and like what which one of those two people you are and like where your strengths are. My strengths are in that. So I learned Amazon, but all the other stuff, I ain't got the time to be an expert. I've spent 70,000 hours on Amazon like that's unmatched. Honestly, I'll match up with like anyone. I believe that I'm like, let's talk, let's go. And if I'm wrong, I'll be stoked because I will have learned something that I didn't know, but I doubt I will be. I doubt I'll be like, you know, if there was some kind of debate that could happen or some kind of consulting or some kind of whatever, it's like, I've spent so much time there, but what I've also learned is to value my time I've spent there, which means to value others time that I've spent it in other places. So with that being said, to me, I spend a lot of time trying to find the experts in those areas so that when I do hear that advice, um, I can be like, is that legit? I heard these numbers. Or do you think this is worth my time? Or, um, you know, you, they all can work. I think everything can work. Amazon can work. Facebook can work. Email can work. Google can work. Blogs can work. It can all work, right? It's just a matter of um, how to implement them. I don't know. That's a roundabout answer, too. I have a hard time with these direct ones because there's not no there's no yes and no there. Right. And I love that answer because, you know, there's always a point in time where, you know, the entrepreneur needs to figure out when he's going to stop being the business operator and commit himself as the business owner. Right. And it's really hard. It's it's easier said than done a lot because, you know, you found your niche in in being an Amazon expert. Right. And you could have just very easily just been a freelancer and just kept going and kind of just like, you know, like, hey, I'm going to take on, you know, five clients and I'm going to kill it for them and I'm going to make a solid living for myself. Live in Bali. Yeah, exactly. You decided you're like, hey, I can actually do something. With I can make a business out of this. Right. You know, why don't I offer, you know, the entire spectrum, bring some people underneath me and actually make this, you know, hence Markology. Right. Thank you. Yes, exactly that. Um, one, it was career. Did you did you do that? If you don't mind me asking, like how far along early? Uh, I've always known I'm not like Michael Jordan. Okay. I'm like, uh, I'm a curator. I'm a producer. I'm the coach, you know? So I have skills myself. I can get out there and show you how to do it. But once I show you, you can probably do it better than me, that kind of person. Right. So I'm a, I can get out there first and cut the weeds and, you know, um, 
use the machete and like clear out the path but like there's people that that are much better than me at, at photography at graphic design at video at storyboarding at writing a sales copy at like so many things honestly um so for me i've always just i like winning i stand the best chance of winning on a team that's how i feel um so early on and this was also to be completely honest and open um I realized kind of that I was, I went from this job I didn't like to working on my own. And I saw, I had worked with Adidas early. And so, you know, working with a couple of startups and then with Adidas, I'm like, there might be between us two Adidas, they all need our help, you know? And if Adidas needs our help and the small guys need our help, like there's a ton of business out here. And um, I come, I come, I'm the first to get a college education in my family. You know, we've had it kind of rough as a family uh, financially. And, um, I just saw it as an opportunity to, to take us all up. And so I just kind of was like, I can make this thing bigger than just, I'm not going to be happy without my best friends with me. And um, so I didn't go the guru route or the consultant route. And instead I started like building a team. Um, yeah. So it was a mixture of one, I knew my weaknesses, like, you know, I knew my weaknesses. I knew I'd figured it out, but like to get better at it, I needed people better than me. And then the other one was, um, I was, I had like a year where I was making a hundred plus thousand in Kansas city and like working the day job and then freelancing. And in Kansas city, that's a lot of money. Um, I was recently divorced. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 50,000 in one job and 60,000 in the other one, uh, no kids divorce in a Midwest town where money goes a long way. Cost of living's low. And I was like, this is incredible. And I'm not going to live this way by myself. Right. And uh, that's, when, that's when I started building the team. So that's when you started building the team. And I like that. And I can relate to that a lot because, you know, so what I do is I, I do a lot of social media management and marketing for businesses around my area, you know, so okay. I've pretty much built out a list of pretty much 10 close clients right now that we service. Work with. Are they services or a mix of both service-based businesses? Um, so they're a little bit of everything. So a lot of them are, um, influencers. Some of them offer coaching personal programs. brand. Okay. Like I have, um, you know, a new gym that opened up a life insurance, um, agency that, um, it's pretty much my best client. I'm actually in their studio right now, um, using their equipment that they, that we helped build out that, uh, cool. you know, so there's a lot of different companies that, you know, there's not really a, a niche per se as of yet. It's really just, um, building good relationships and finding who you sit and fit with yeah. a good fit for you, then, you know, let's rock with them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, as I was starting building this, you know, I'm like, okay, uh, this is really cool. I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm good at it. My clients are reaping results, but then, you know, you take on the next client, the next client, you can try and like wear all the hats yourself. And to a certain point, it's like, it doesn't become as fulfilling anymore because you find yourself overworking and you know you're that an admin. you're an admin or you're a sales guy instead of a creative or whatever. And I started losing touch with, you know, I'm like, this is not what I got into this for. Right. So, you know, a lot of my mentors tell me, you know, you have to learn how to replace yourself. If you're really good at something, you're going to have to learn how to replace yourself at it and really step back, you know? So now I'm bringing on, I brought on two more social media managers underneath me. I'm onboarding a Facebook ads manager now, because quite frankly, that's something that I never wanted to learn, but I knew I could offer. Right. So it's getting to the point now where I'm probably where you were several years ago, where it's like, you know, that transition phase, right. Where I'm still very much in the business, but I'm kind of letting go in a sense, right. I'm taking that step back. I'm letting my man, my social media manager kind of, 
uh, wear the hat more than me now. I'm letting him make the decisions because I feel he's best fit for the, you know, for the role. Yeah. Right. But it wasn't easy. I'm going to be completely honest with you. It was really hard because I was like, I know this better than anyone else. So I'll tell you how to do it. And you're going to report to me every day. But there came a point where I was like, this isn't how it's going to work. I'm not going to grow like this. Right. Yep. So I, I love that. And I, I can remember those moments and the feelings and I'll be honest with you. It doesn't matter how much money you're making, who you're around. I hang out with billionaires. Like I'm nothing close to that. Like, you know, I'm not even a millionaire. I wouldn't say in assets. And it's like, I hang out with these guys and they're just like cool as hell, chill. You see them just like talk to people kindly. You see the opposite. You see the opposite too, you know? And when you're just in business, you start getting kind of exposure to another business owner, another entrepreneur, another like mastermind guy, another podcast guy. Oh my God, this podcast guys, you just start, you know, you start getting exposed and, um, it's a, it's pretty quick for me to pick up on like where I want to be as a leader. Like you see them lead their team or you see them talk to people. And for me, it was like, I don't necessarily know what I'm doing. I never know what I'm doing. We, none, no one knows what they're doing right at the end of the day, but it's, uh, it's about where do seeing yourself ahead of yourself still being in the moment. Yes. But like seeing yourself 10 years from now and being like, what kind of leader do I want to be? What do I want on my gravestone? What do I want? Like my legacy to be, I call this the legacy chapter right now for me. It's like, what do I want my legacy to be? Well, I want to be known as generous. You know, I don't want anyone ever saying I'm cheap. That's like one of the things I can, I can say very clearly that I want is I don't want anyone saying I was cheap when they, you know, when they had an encounter with me. And so that comes all the way down to my people. Um, and there's something so exciting about having other people working on your thing. Like the fact that they've bought into it or whatever, it's like, it's so exciting to me. It's like, Oh my God, right. like, we're going to go way faster. Like, you know, like this is just going to be super cool. And, you know, I've passed on investment. I've passed on selling my business and that means slower and I'm bootstrapped. I come from, debt i was in debt after my divorce you know so i i was in debt um and built this so i, I also say all of that for anyone listening to just be like encouraged like if i've done it literally like my hashtag is watch me work like i've been documenting this for like eight years to show you guys that it's just work it's just consistency and work and um you know it's those focusing on i guess like as a leader where you want to be so then it's like okay if i'm going to try to be there there's no way i can make all these decisions that's unrealistic. You know, it becomes even logical to give up control. It becomes almost even logical. And, um, you know, I'm in the relation, like I'm still in my business. I still do sales. Why? Because I don't think anybody else as a sales guy is going to care more than me about overburdening the team or sending asshole clients or any number of things to the rest of the team. So I protect them. I'm like the gatekeeper. Um, that's important for me because it affects all the rest of my brands, all the rest of my clients, my team's morale. Maybe they leave me for more money, all those things. Um, so right now I'm still the gatekeeper in sales, even though I could hand it off because that's where I need to be right now. I feel like, and, and there's another area that's like the content. I make a lot of top content, even though I got some amazing people on my team that create like some amazing stuff, like real artists, like, you know, they're, they're badasses and right. i still create the content here because um one i'm the expert at amazon when it comes to those things and two i enjoy doing it you enjoy right? doing it. i enjoy yeah. doing it so it's one of the things about the job that i still i still love i like being on the other side of the mic honestly i like being the host because i just get to ask all these amazing people questions all day every day 
and just get to hear their awesome stories of overcoming and like, you know, how grateful they are. And um, I don't, you know, I don't get assholes on my podcast. So it's like, you're talking to kind of the best of the rest in a lot of ways. And to me, so those are things that like, I've figured out how to get myself to there to do the things that I enjoy. Are those the most money-making things for me? Probably not. Um, but I enjoy it. And I think that comes across in the content. And I think that works for us because we're like an authentic family company that's grown from grassroots to, you know, where we are. We're working with Mayo Clinic, some of the biggest brands that you can think of. We're just a small shop out of KC. Um, so it's like that thing's working for us. I think as an owner, you're like, okay, what are my weaknesses? Am I a control freak? Okay, immediately focus on being controlling or micromanaging. And that needs to be my focus. If you're impatient and short, focus on your patience. Like, I know people could say otherwise, like they maybe they're just going to say your strengths instead of that. But it's like, look, if I know that scaling is going to be a problem because I'm I'm a micromanager and scaling should be like scaling and cash flow should be your number two focuses in any business. OK, that's what I think. And so if those are your two focuses, um, don't hand off your finances too fast. OK, yeah. and focus on scaling. And what are all the things around scaling that you personally will have an issue with? Because you're the you're the problem. And once you realize that you, you come about every problem a little bit different. Yep. 100%. And I love that. Focus on your weaknesses, focus on your strengths. And if, if, you know, if you're not the best at something, then hopefully you can build a team around you so that you can kind of focus on what you love to do. Right. So like, if I can build somebody, you know, I can build a team of five around me so that I can focus on my passion for graphic design again. And I can work on that, you know, not to say that I have two other graphic designers, like you said, that are really good at it, but Hey, if I love graphic design and I kept people taking care of X, Y, and Z role, and I can put a lot of time into that, that's happiness for me. Right. Because like I'm, I'm operating, uh, you know, I'm, I'm owning a business. Everyone is getting, you know, a piece of the pie in a sense, but I'm also able to focus on what I love doing while everyone else is having fun and enjoying the process as well. Right. So that's winning. Yeah. I, I agree. That's that. winning. Like that's, that's to me, quality of life has to be at, at the forefront. And then when you realize as the leader, you're the, you're the bottleneck, then you're working on quality of life and you're working on, let me get myself out of the way. I'm not in the way in content. I'm not like micromanaging what they're putting out for clients and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm just building the business that I built. Like, you know, and that's not, that's not in the way of the team. And so in a way, even if I'm not the best content creator, it's what I love. It's what makes me happy. Sure. I'm going to take the client calls that suck, or I'm going to like deep dive into the books or like all the other parts of the business that like, you know, you can get to a point where you're like, why did I build this to do this? Like, no, I'm not. I just don't want to look at numbers all day, every day. I'm I've figured them out enough to like manage the business and like grow it. But now, you know, I want to focus on, on abundance. I want to focus on mindset. I want to focus on connecting because those are my strengths. So it's almost like um, passively focus on your weaknesses and actively focus on your strengths. So it's like, you're not, not paying attention at all to your weaknesses, but it's not like your primary focus. Like you're focusing on the reason why I have a company today is because I got super obsessed about Amazon, leaned into that strength and grew a lot of businesses. Didn't mean I was good at marketing or bookkeeping or team building or communication or any of the other things it just meant i leaned into my strength that strength got us to that next point at least um you know and then from there it was okay there's these other things that if i don't work on them we're not going to get to the next level um i i love talking about this subject because it's something you know i've been doing i've been 
not working for someone else for going on eight years. August will be eight years. And um, I learned something almost every quarter, like, you know, I'd almost say like every week, every month. Um, and as someone that likes solving problems and like seeking knowledge, it's like entrepreneurship is just, there's nothing else like it, you know, because it, it constantly challenges you to level up. It does. It, every single day, it challenges you to level up and it, you're faced with a lot of hardship and, you know, you, you, it, there's no playbook for this, right? You, you, people can give you the roadmap all they want, but like, you're going to fall so many times on your own. And, you know, it's like doing a lot of what you said has helped me more than ever, especially this year. And it's um, listening to podcasts related to gratitude and, you know, self-awareness and really coping with coping with those negatives and getting through them and, and really just, you know, just self-improvement has been such a big part of it, right? Because just bettering yourself will, will go cohesively with your business and better your business. Right. And that was something yeah. that I never realized until I started, you know, like I said, a lot of my mentors around me, they were saying they were preaching and I'm like, yeah, whatever, gratitude, whatever, whatever that means, you know, but then eventually you hear it so many times by people, you give it a shot and you're like, wow, like that's, that's empowering. Right. It's yeah. like, wow, like, I never thought about that. Like you weren't ready to hear it then. Like, you know, I wasn't ready to hear it then because at that time, like I said, I'm, I'm still the operator. I'm still focusing on everything. I'm like, I don't have time for a gratitude podcast because that's not going to make me money. Right. And it's like, it was just naive to the subject. But then when you open, you know, you open your mind a little bit, you see what other people are doing and you, you, you let that in and it's like, huh, you know, you start thinking about it and then you, you, you go from that subject to another subject. And then you realize what people's daily rituals are. And, you know, all these things that are they're they're, they're beyond the business, but they always tie back into the business too, in a sense. Right. Well, I stopped, I stopped focusing on the business as much. I'll be honest with you. I focus on the business, but the business is going to be what the business is. And it's like, as long as we're improving, I'm happy. Like as long as we're progressing and we are we're crushing it, yeah. but it's really like, I truly believe the leaders is, you know, it's, it's extreme ownership. It's like, it's, it comes down to you. You're the leader, you're the captain. And, and I'm telling them what to focus on. I'm empowering them because like those employees that you've, you've scaled out to, they're going to mess up big time. One of them will. Mm -hmm. And you get an opportunity in that moment to actually build trust with them by having their back in those big moments. Like I rarely give constructive feedback or criticism, um, ever when there's a mistake it's almost all, like when there's a big mistake it's only when there's like a little small thing so it's like hey you're amazing blah, 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 but there's a small thing and when they really mess up that's when and you get the first chance to actually back yourself back it up what you said and to be there for them and have their back and that's when you really build loyalty with your team so if you can't build loyalty till you get those moments and you're not going to get those moments so you actually give people and empower them to make those decisions as what they think is best right then uh, you're just wasting time. Yeah, and it's so true. You unless they unless they truly mess up for you, there's no way that you can get to, you know, get to know them on a good level. Show them you have their back. Yeah, then that's when you really that's when you get tested to see whether you know. And a lot of people would a lot of people would disagree. It's like you know, I have I have other friends who are entrepreneurs, and you know, they have their their guys mess up for them once, and they and they fire them. But it's hard to grow like that because if you don't you know you got to let them mess up you won't you take any chances yeah yeah exactly you won't take any like if, if you don't let them grow with you then you know your business won't grow either everyone's got to scale up at like with you in a sense yep. you know what i mean i'm glad and that you said that go ahead 
no, it's just like you start thinking about your circle, you start thinking about your team um, and you, you really are, you all have to grow up together. Um, and so everybody winning is you winning. And like, all I know is like, it's like, look, if I'm going to the gym, if my other five friends go to the gym, our squad just got way bigger. <laughs> like, you know, we're all getting healthy. We're all getting bigger. Um, it benefits everybody from a protection standpoint, from a growth standpoint, from, um, from everywhere. And when you just kind of realize that, I think it's like a step back thing. It's a selfishness thing. I don't know what, what the trait is that makes some people just so, so focused on themselves, but I went through all those stages. Like, you know, people can hear you out of context and it's like, I went through crazy selfish stages at different points when I thought I needed that, honestly, um, in order to get growth, I was like, okay, just like forget everything else but yourself and just like, you know, I focus in. Well, that's like when you're at ground zero. Find yourself in that, in that zone. You know what I mean? Cause like I I've been in that zone too, myself. It's like, you know, screw all the external focus on yourself and just grow yourself, you know? And then, like I said, it wasn't until even recently in the past year that I realized that that's not the answer, right? You have to learn something, though, to be able to share something, you know, and that's also the, you know, like growing up in a missionary family in a band, like I didn't need money. I always had a bad relationship with money, um, not a bad relationship. I could save and never spent it. It was more like a scarcity mindset and just like there's never enough of it growing up and um yeah, like I don't even want to share some of those stories because it's like humbling. But, you know, like we just grew up without money. And, you know, I was in a band living in a van with four or five guys on tour, on the road, sleeping on couches, floors, wherever we could, venues. And um, we were making it, doing our thing without other people's help. But it was it was tough. And, um, you know, it, it was really when I realized that it was selfish of me to to not um you know, think about money in a different way or to pursue money or to have it even. Um, it was selfish of me because sure, I was enough to get by. But if unless you asked me to help you move, like and I could physically come help you move, like with my car or my time or my hands, and my muscles, I couldn't really help you in a bunch of other ways. Like, um, you know, so I was essentially saying, yeah, it's fine for me. I don't need wealth. I don't need whatever. But like if you needed my help, I couldn't be there for you. I couldn't right. loan you 500 bucks. I couldn't loan you, loan you a thousand bucks. I couldn't do anything like that. You know, so it was kind of changing that and really thinking about, okay, this, like, I'm not pursuing wealth and money just for myself, being able to think about it as a whole and like, and the group and the, and the family and all of those things really helped me at the beginning, um, change my relationship with, you know, trying to acquire wealth. I just always saw it with, um, some of the worst behavior in, in humans, like even, especially in Congo and different things, like you just see people pursuing money or things and they can do horrible things. And I tied both of those things in together. Like if you want one, you're, you're going to turn out to be the other. Right. And so obviously you found, you know, you found your way past that kind of point. And I know that speaking of wealth, you, you somewhere along your journey, you got involved into real estate investing in a sense, right? So if you can tell me a little bit about how that happened and, and where that, you know, where that, how that business fits into this, this story. Yeah. So, you know, they always say, don't do too many things or this or that, but like, maybe it was in dating. I don't know. I just realized when I was younger, like if I had this girl I was super into, like I would smother her like, because I just like, I'm like, I'm a lover. Like I, you know, and when you're younger, like that's too much, like that hopeless romantic love is too much. So if I really liked it, I needed to diversify, you know? And it was like, have a couple other girls I'm talking to spread the love. Don't be too into one, 
I don't know if that's not, that's funny, right? But in the same way, it was uh, with businesses and like projects and things like that. Everyone's like, don't do too many things. Like, oh, uh, I'm like, well, for me, I get bored fast and like I'll get frustrated with the project and I still want to be productive instead of just going out and drinking or partying or whatever. So I'm like, ah, oh, here's another project I can focus on, you know, and Amazon has a lot of uh, fear to it or a lot of just like, oh, what's going to happen? Like there's a lot of people in the industry that are just like, oh, my God, supply chains up, uh, China's uh, and, um, you know, it's like I want to diversify in case this goes away tomorrow. And so the only people that I had ever seen have wealth growing up, like in religion, in a religious church or things like that. It's just a different community. There were, were people that had real estate or like people in the trades that had their own business. I never even knew what, I never even thought about business ownership, I'll be honest. Um, and so I was, I love travel. Travel drives me music and travel. I'll go to shows. I'll travel and just go to shows. That's kind of my way of not thinking about work. And uh, I took this trip. I lived downtown in KC. I uh, stayed, I'd stayed in Airbnb a couple of times, like on some trips. And I was like, I'm going to try to Airbnb my loft this time. It had red brick, like, like it looked a lot like your background right there. Just like a cool place had like that uh, bohemian vibe, hanging hammock, all that kind of stuff. I was just making it mine after I got divorced and uh, was like, um, was making it mine. So it was like all oh, this, just like, it felt like me for the first time. It looked super cool. I knew it photographed well. I took pics, threw it up on Airbnb. And I think I made like 500 bucks that weekend on three days or something like that. You know, 150 a night plus cleaning. And uh, my I drove to Colorado. So it was like, my trip there was, I don't know, three or 400 bucks or something. I actually like made a couple bucks, like nice. based off just renting out my room or my, my loft actually is a two bedroom loft. Okay. I was like, well, that was awesome. And, uh, you know, as my business grew, I took more risks hiring people. Like, honestly, I haven't taken an extra dollar. Sure. There's perks, whatever, but I haven't raised my salary in like five years and people can say whatever, but it's like, I've been building my team and investing back in the business. I got things to do and I'm, I'm fine. So, you know, it was like, I've always ran lean. There's tons of months. I didn't take money if I didn't need to. And Airbnb was a lifeline uh i was too early in the industry honestly when i first started doing what i'm doing like there just wasn't enough people paying people to help them on amazon um and so airbnb that that one trip really taught me like hey there's 500 bucks on a weekend when you need it uh and i would just go stay with a friend or a, or a sister or sleep on a couch i'd work that weekend so i'm making money on one side and i'm making 500 by my apartment being you know airbnb out and um, then, the, then the, eventually the loft kicked me out. They're like, you can't do this. You're, you have a lease. I'm like, okay, what's my plan? I uh, went I went to another, um, a rental that had a basement apartment, private entrance. And I negotiated with the guy to let me use it um, as an Airbnb. He's like, he didn't care. He was like a normal guy with 10 properties, a lawyer or something. He's like, I don't care. And I ran an Airbnb out of there, made it $1,000 a month. Um, and was like, shoot, I'm going to do this just like at scale. And it was all the same principles I learned in e-commerce, photography, SEO, the reviews, the follow-up. I knew how to decorate um, like aesthetically, like cool places, like something my mom taught me, I guess. Like we used to live in, in bad places. She always made them look like home and feel like home. So kind of knew how to do that. And uh, long, before it, long before I knew, I had 14 Airbnbs um, and a property management business. And I didn't do it all on my own. I met Long, long, long story short, I met a really amazing person at the gym. His name is Brian. He's a captain in the military at the time, military intelligence. 
And um, he wanted out of the military. He was getting out and he had to decide to stay here or move somewhere else. I was like, stay here and let's build something together. So we actually like um, bought a house, fixed it up for two dudes in their thirties, you know, that are not married and don't have kids, but that want to build a business. And while I've been full speed with my thing, it was all the downtime that we were able to just like, you know, talk entrepreneurship and talk hustle, talk real estate, um, that we've built what we built. I knew it took, it would take that much, you know, intentionality to be around each other when, when this Amazon industry was, was blowing up. Um, but that's only been maybe four years and, uh, you know, we're managing a couple hundred properties and, um, Mm -hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. It's e-commerce principles though at work. So I just found somebody that was amazing at doing research, which is military intelligence army guy. I found someone that I I don't pay attention to detail like that, you know, and I'm not going to cold knock on doors and like the things that those guys do to get deals in the early days. Um, I found somebody that would, and I brought my experience to the table. Deals is it, he's the one doing all the real estate deals, finding finding all the properties, things of that nature. He's in the same amount of time he's built a team, and um, you know they're they're one of the, the biggest producing teams at least in this city. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I that was all about literally. This is funny. Like this is the nugget here. I you know I just stopped giving a f what people thought. Like after I got divorced and I was like I hit a low. And I started like working out and just getting my shit back together. I'm just like, I give no Fs what anybody thinks. And like, that's given me just a boldness in certain situations. You know, it's not that I'm careless. I just honestly, like, unless you're like my mom or like my girl or like really close to me, I just, no offense. I just don't care what you think, you know? And that's, uh, it's helped me and it's hurt me. Uh, But in this case, I I met this guy who's 27, just moved here from South Korea, we're playing basketball. Like I, I play a lot of basketball and uh, I seen him like with these tattoos and I knew that he had just moved here. And in Kansas city is pretty tight knit. It's easiest to make friends with people from other places. Like if you're trying to make new friends in a lot of ways. And so I said, dude, what's up? I learned he had 80 K in stocks at 27 or 80 K in the bank or something like that. And I had never met anyone at 27, not in my friend circle that had any kind of money close to that. So I was just like, Hey dude, like, I'm trying to be your friend. Like, like just, I'm just trying to be your friend. You know, some stuff I don't, I'm, I'm from this city. Like, let me show you around. And uh, I want to learn what, you know, I literally was that straightforward about it. That's awesome. And so from there, they kind of, it kind of, yeah. So then, you know, he just started learning about my own, you know, what I'm doing as an entrepreneur. Not a lot of people knew it's just kind of me doing my thing. I didn't have a business like in regards to like any kind of marketing or press or anything. He, he loved my hustle. Yeah. I didn't see anybody work that hard, I think, or like that focused and ambitious and driven. And he used to be that way. He's always been a performer, a competitor, but the military just gets easier in some ways as you get more elevated, it became paperwork and he would sit around all day making lists and writing comedy skits. And he just wanted something that was like, he liked that fire, I think. And I, I just found entrepreneurship. So I was fired up and, um, he got an opportunity in real estate from, from a friend that was like, Hey, I'll help you. Like in real estate, let's have an expansion city in Kansas city, uh, from some Arizona guys. And, um, before long he was on his way and, um, you know, started with me making intros to people I knew and friends and family and selling some houses. But before long, he's, he's literally working with the biggest buyers in America. So mm. going back to what you said about just like not giving 
a F, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of times not giving an F, like another, you know, it, it, that means stepping out of your comfort zone and doing things that normally you wouldn't want to do. It's like, you know, you're taking those chances. And I think when you take those chances, the, you know, all the growth lays outside of the, your comfort zone, you know, it's a true statement, you know, every chance. Cliche, but it's real. Oh, real. Right. Because like, it's like, you know what? screw it. I'm going to go do that. You know, I've never done that before. I'm going to try it. Maybe I'll meet someone. Maybe I'll do something, you know, maybe I'll learn from this. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's created crazy opportunities for me in life. And like, I used to have a speech impediment. Like I couldn't talk like this really? uh, on a mic or in front of anyone or, uh, you know, I've had some crazy insecurities to overcome as a person. I think some of that's from trauma africa all types of bullying you know i just i'm a redhead redheads are cool in 2022 but they didn't used to be you know and i was raised super religious with hand-me-down clothes and you know just had a tough time of it i know a lot of people do but getting through those insecurities made me a better man um you know as i entrepreneurship has given me confidence a lot of things have my mom my parents have always believed in me you know i had that going for me and um i just like pushed through it and now that i'm on the other side i'm just like I've hit rock bottom. I've created an industry when no one believed it and I'm doing it. And like, they're like, don't do a Don't scale service-based business. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like college degree, you know, anything that's been in front of me, I've done it. And you just start to get a little confidence. Um, and you yeah. need that. And if you don't have it, you need to figure out how to get it. Um, because if you're going to do anything, you have to first start believing in yourself or your own brand. Your brand is a person. Your brand is a, it's not that I'm genius. It's that I just, I don't quit. So I just, I would just work. I just work, you know, and I figure it out and I, I'm lucky enough to build some great friendships and relationships that help me get there. You know, um, 50, 50 relationships. I got a lot of those where we're, we're all bringing it, you know, there's, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I get emotional thinking about it, but like, you know, it's that I've, I've literally re- represented myself in court. I've gone to Amazon, uh, arbitration with Amazon and one, I've been a model for Hershey's uh one of the craziest stories i have like you know and twitter and i tried out for twitter um i used to not be able to look at myself in the mirror and feel great about it and now i'm like getting paid six thousand dollars for a photo shoot with candy bar what what the hell you know it was about for me in that moment it was about conquering that you know that's why i said yes i had everything to lose by doing it i just was like i'm gonna do it because it's not really what other people think or see it's about me saying like I'm okay with myself enough to be here and to do this and to like, you know, think I deserve to be paid for a photo. Maybe that's like some honest stuff, but like it was these different opportunities like this, the speaking ones. Well, that was a great way for me with no budget uh, to market my business and market what we're doing. Um, So getting opportunities to speak mm, at the beginning of our business bootstrap didn't have the money to go. So I was like, how do I market my business? Okay, not great. All these ads don't know about this. Okay, I'm going to create content on social media. I'm going to create blogs, all this free stuff, basically time. And I'm going to figure out how to speak because if I speak, they'll pay me to come or pay my trip at least to get there. And I get to go to the conference that I need to go to. And I get to market my business. It was like a win-win for me. I also just had a problem where I couldn't talk in front of people. (laughs) So it was like I needed to overcome that, you know, to be able to. So some of these things just, uh, I love what entrepreneurship has done in regards to pushing me to my absolute limits. And um, I don't know. I think just, I just think anyone's capable of that. Like, you know, when you stop, I honestly make my friends a little uncomfortable, my girl a little uncomfortable sometimes. Cause I just don't care. Yeah. Like I forget. I'm like, Oh, sh- I 
people care. Like I got, you know, I got to like dial it back a little bit, but I'm like, you have to understand how many sometimes like failures I have in a day in business, like when you're operating at full speed and or how many failures or how many like clients closing up shop or letting me go or like rag ragging on what we're doing or rejections or like, you know, there's so much, trust me, there's balance for, for as much confidence as someone might see in 45 minutes on this podcast, trust me, there's hours of negative and, you know, all that stuff going on. So you have to kind of figure that out as a survival skill and entrepreneurship and just be tenacious, like, you know, be tenacious and no one cares. No one cares about you, you know? So I care. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste right. of energy. A waste of energy. That was a lot. I mean, I'm going to, we take this content, we break it up into micro content for you to use. Oh, for shit. Your uses ours too. So that was just some gold right there. And I can't wait for us to repurpose that and send that your way because that was, that was some good ones right there. And I just want to play with that real quick, just because I feel like being an entrepreneur, you know what I mean? It's, it's just being a risk taker, right? It's, it's going against the grain, going against the odds, doing all the things that people say that you can't do and risk takers and entrepreneurs. The reason why they allow them to become successful is because they, they always win because they lose so much, right? So maybe they won't win the first time. Maybe they won't win the second time, but they'll find a, they'll find a way to win. You know what I mean? And that's why the people got to realize they only see, you know, the social media, the Instagram page where it looks like they're always like, no, like they probably failed so many times in order to get there. But, you know, you see the exterior, the interior, that guy failed 20 times. Maybe he won three, but those three overcame those 20. Right. So like, that's what, that's what, um, building a business and being an entrepreneur and taking risks and stepping outside your comfort zone. That's where, that's what it's all about. Right. That's the beauty in it. Yeah. So I really I think that, you know, I, lo I love that. I wish anyone, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you can apply that to your life. Like, you know, if, even if we have listeners that aren't an entrepreneur yet, it's like, you have not, um, you, you know, you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You know, yeah. and that applies everywhere to the, to asking the girl out at the bar to, any. you know, any of it going in for the hug or the marriage proposal or the, or the asking the friend, like, I'm going to be your friend. Like, can I learn about stocks and finances? Because obviously at 27, someone taught you something uh, and I want to know what that is, you know, and if that means like um, flattering someone or like, you know, not in a manipulative way, just in like a dude, like you have it together. Like, you know, you obviously look like you work out, like you have cool tattoos, like, I'm, or like, you know, it'd be like, tell me about that. Like, don't be afraid to say, Hey, like, can I take you to coffee and learn about what you do? Or like, what's your, you know, what's your diet like during the week? I want practical advice. Like, would you mind? Most people would be like, okay. Like, you know, and that's what I realized. Like, um, so I've just gotten bold, um, you know, and I, I was raised, like we were, christians uh white being white in an, in an african country maybe being sometimes i've been the only white person me and my sister and a hundred thousand people which is crazy um which is not the case you know we live in a country of minorities like where that's not the case being white is not the minority here um but being uncomfortable being like um you know being willing to just put yourself out there and learn from it and um i guess embrace the uncomfortable as an entrepreneur, um, is, is the key. Yeah, that was good, man. So 
we're already almost an hour in. So I want to, I want to, I can't believe that the whole hour flew and I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you and I hope we can connect off the call too sometime in the future just so I can pick your brain a little bit more. Um, so just for the people on the call, you know, who've been listening for the whole hour, I want to just, you know, tie it into you and, and, and I want to ask you like, where do you see yourself? You know, you've already overcame all of this in business and you've had so many successes. Where do you see yourself within the next five years? Where do you think you're going? And, you know, where's, where do you want to be in that place? Yeah, I want to be working with uh, the people I love to work with, the people I love. Like uh, I'm working with some of my best friends in my business right now, and it's awesome. Like I'm so grateful. Like one of the worst things about working a corporate job was not the work. I love the work. It was having to work with certain people that I don't like. Yeah. And they ruined my day and they shouldn't have to ruin my day. Uh, yeah. And so it became about improving that. And so, you know, I get to work every day with my best friends, regardless of how hard the day is. I already have that. And that's how I see my next five or 10. Uh, the difference would be, um, you know, maybe we're going into businesses as a team, a business consulting team. Uh, Martinology becomes essentially everything I've built. This is stage one. Like this is just, I didn't see it as stage one, but it is stage one. Yeah. And now Martinology is completely or integ vertically integrated, sorry, vertically integrated um, brand building machine. Uh, like, you know, from supply chain to sourcing, to international expansion, to warehousing, the fulfillment, the branding, the creative, the video, I can do it all with my team. And so whether that's servicing other brands, either being very specific with the ones we work with and, and getting to pick those projects or continuing to build my brands and being an investor, I still love solving problems. I like building along with other people. So it's never, there's no like money goal in mind, grab this money and go, go hide away on an island somewhere. It just doesn't sound enjoyable to me. So I think I would work a little bit less than I do. So I'd have a little bit more time for myself and my, my projects to be able to pour into. I'd be playing a little bit of music more now than I am a project because why, I, why not, you know? And then uh, I would still be an investor doing exactly what I'm doing. Cause I'm, I'm absolutely on fire. I love this stuff. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, man. So once again, Andrew Morgans, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Once again, this hour went by really quick, but I enjoyed literally every minute of it. Um, it's been awesome. So once again, I'm going to hit you up in the near future. Hopefully we can connect. I can pick your brain a little bit more, especially on the e-commerce side. So I can, uh, you know, definitely let's connect. So, um, yeah, I would love to talk to you one-on-one -on -one. and, uh, so once again, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. I want to thank you and everyone on the call for joining us. Once again, this is the Infinity X podcast. So uh, any parting words, Andrew, any, any last thoughts? Well, uh, we did have one question and I didn't see it. I don't know if you did, but I'm going to answer that as my passing thought. So we have uh, something that. in the chat from Joe Lord. He said, Andrew, as you're building your team, what was the single most important characteristic or trait that you look for in bringing someone on the journey with you? And um it wasn't, I wasn't looking for people that were, um, money was their main motivator uh, because I didn't have that to give at the beginning. I had like a long term plan um, to build and strategize with. And that was all I had to offer them. And it was like, hey, build this thing with me. And I'll, I promise I'll, I'll bring all of us up. I'll take care of us. But right now it wasn't, it wasn't the thing. So what, what I look for is um, like authenticity uh, into who they are and what they're going for. And, um, someone that wants a different quality of life, cause that is what I can give them. I can give them a different quality of life, like time with their kids or being able to work remote or being part of a team or being able to wear what you want to work or being able to listen to the music you want. 
or all of those independent and individual freedoms that shouldn't have a place in the work in the workplace, you know? And so um, in a team where everyone there wants everybody else on the team to be there, we don't, we don't add new people to the team that, that aren't a fit, you know? So um, yeah, I look for people that can fit in, in that regard, uh, just in, in regard to those values and characteristics. And if, um, if someone's looking to, to switch up their career or someone's looking to do something different and like wants a drastic, a drastic change with the team for them. Cause that's, that's who we are like normally. Um, so yeah, I know that's a different thing to do, but like, you can't just go find people uh, really like the, with any Amazon experience. So it's, it's about finding people that just have the want to, to learn. The want to find people who, you know, they express your same core values they want to merge with you, you know, they, they, they see your vision and they want to, they want to grow at you. Right. That's so important. So that was a good answer. I love Thank it. you. Joe Lord. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. I didn't get to that, but uh, yeah, authenticity and so much driving for more powerful. Thank you. So yeah, once again, Andrew, I want to thank you so much. It's been awesome. I'm definitely going to uh, reach out. I have your email, so I'll reach out to you and then uh, yeah. Thank you everyone for being on the call. We'll see you next week on infinity X. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.